Hello, and thanks for listening to this week's message from the Napoleon Church of the Nazarene, where we exist to help people take their next step in a transforming relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope that as you listen, you are both encouraged and challenged as you take that next step in your walk with Christ. Mills is with us this morning. He's going to be speaking to you today. He comes from Appalachia Reach Out. He's been there since 2012, and over the last five years, he serves as the uh, executive director. Um, and uh, just it's been an amazing opportunity to uh, to work with with Dwayne Appalachia uh, Reach Out over the last few years. If you if you've been around here long enough, we send a truck. Uh, we've tried to send a truck about once a year or so to to your your thrift ministry there that that helps kind of create, generate funding as well as jobs for, for that community. And so he's going to share a lot, but would you just welcome him as he comes today? Good morning. Okay, I think you can do better than that. Okay, I come from Appalachia. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help Pastor Ben. He says Appalachia. But it's really pronounced Appalachia. I knew that, but it's yeah, yeah, he did. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm kidding with you. Parts. Yeah, no, totally fine. But in Appalachia, uh, when the when the preacher asks a question, I mean, there's just direct response. That's just how they do it. So, so good morning. It's good to be here once again. This is my fourth time being at Nap Naz in the last five years, and so what a privilege it is for me to be here and. Every time the church calls me and invites me to come back, it's a, it's a highlight for me. I, I have the privilege of traveling all over the country and sharing about what God is doing in Appalachia. And uh, he's, yeah, uh, and uh, you're not the only one that has issues. You got it. You got it now. So, but what a, what a joy it is to be back here. Um, I was talking to Pastor Ben uh, before we started the service this morning, and it was really neat how God orchestrated uh, us connecting with you all, your faith community. Back in 2019, uh, I stepped out of the full-time pastorate. God had called us back to uh, Martin County, Kentucky, radically had called my family. We've shared that story with you here a few years ago. My wife and I and our four children were living just south of Chicago at Olivet Nazarene University, where we both served. I was the dean of students. She was the director of counseling and health services. And we had just had our fourth child, and uh, God, through the way that he works and the way that he calls, uprooted us and placed us in the heart of Appalachia, in Martin County, right on the Kentucky-West Virginia state line. If you've ever heard of the Hatfields and McCoys, we're at ground zero. Some of the older timers, you know what we're saying. Sometimes the younger generation looks at you sideways like, what are you talking about? Um, But uh, that's where God placed us because that was the place where I was born and raised, and on my dad's side, on my granny's side, and my grandfather's side, we go way back. Uh, It was the poorest county in 1964. The place where President Johnson declared the war on poverty was in Martin County, Kentucky, and still today, 70 to 80 percent of the children that live in that county live in poverty, so it's extremely impoverished. And so uh, back in 2019, when I stepped out of my role as pastor Uh, at the church that my grandfather had founded and where dad had pastored. Uh, Our call was to the people. It wasn't just to that church, but it was to the people. It was to step into the impossible. Do you believe that God moves in the impossible? The front row does. That's good. (laughs) Don't know about the back row, but the front row does. I, I don't know if you heard the words of the song that we sang today, but we sang about a God that moves into the impossible and addresses issues of the impossible. We serve a God 
that there's no situation that we face is bigger than who he is. And he can do a lot through the impossible. And so, so we, uh, we moved back to minister to our people and had no idea what that would look like. And it wasn't long into that, uh, that move and God doing work through our ministry that we partnered with a ministry called Appalachia Reach Out, which is a ministry that's been there for 52 years. And, and through God working, we were able to step into the role of executive director back in January of 2019. So five years ago, we stepped into this role. And in 2019... Uh, uh, a few months into that, I got a call from a man by the name of Dan Cruz. Do you know Dan? If you don't, he just stood up here in front of you. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he said, hey, I've heard about your ministry. I'm not sure how he heard about it, but we started talking. And it wasn't long after that, your, your previous pastor, Pastor Chip Bullock, called me and said, hey, Dwayne, I'd love for you to come and speak. So I thought he and Dan had been communicating with each other. And when I began to talk to Pastor Chip, he said, no, I had no idea that Dan had called you. And, uh, and so God began to work in that. And so NAPNAS has been in partnership with us since I've been in the role of executive director. And, and for that, I want to say thank you for all that you have done. Uh, you have sent teams. And this summer, I believe it is uh, June 8th through the 14th, you will be having another work and witness team that will be coming down and serving alongside of us. I believe, I could be wrong, it's either the third or fourth, maybe the fourth team that has come down there. And uh, as they mentioned before, you guys every spring send a semi-trailer full of goods for our thrift store. Our th thrift store generates about 50% of our ministry revenue, and it, it has created a couple of jobs. We have one lady who has worked there for over 30 years and another one for over 18 years in that store. And so it really, really does help us a lot. And so I just want to say thank you to you. And, and as I share a few of these numbers today, this is your report. Because you are a part of what we do. Uh, when In 2019, when you came alongside of us, uh, this, you have been a part of what God has been doing. I never thought in a million years that we would be doing what we're doing now, five years later. Uh, God has been moving and doing things beyond what I could ever think or imagine. And you are a part of that story. Just this past fall, I received a call from the largest nonprofit in the state of Kentucky, and they do a lot of work in Appalachia. You might not know this, but Appalachia is 13 states, 26.2 million people. That's how big Appalachia is. And some of those parts of Appalachia are extremely impoverished. And so there's a ministry, the largest nonprofit in the state of Kentucky, Christian Appalachian Project, it's known as CAP, reached out to me, had no idea they had this award. It was one of those crazy things. I get a call and in August, and this gentleman's on the phone, and he says, hey, um, and he began to share a little bit about the, their ministry and what they did. Father Biding, who started CAP many years ago, was a priest out of northern Kentucky and, and came to Appalachia and began Christian Appalachian Project. And it has grown over the years, a number of years, it has grown to the largest nonprofit in the state of Kentucky. And every year, they, they recognize internal stakeholder, one internal stakeholder that invests financially, that invest through service and ministry, but they also recognize someone on the outside who's not really connected to CAP, but is doing similar kind of work in Appalachia. And so I began, uh, this gentleman called me and began the conversation, began to explain everything that was happening, and I was just listening, and, and uh, they said, this is through a nominating process that we have from many people that serve in Appalachia, and, and we want you to know that that on October, I think it was the 4th, we are having a banquet in Berea, Kentucky, 
at a tavern of all places. And uh, it's a historical tavern. Uh, and um, you're, you're, you and, and ARO has been nominated. Uh, we're not telling you that you have won, but you have been nominated. And so we need you to, to, to make sure that you uh, take that night and set it aside because you could be picked for that. And, and a lot of what I do is travel the country and I speak. And as an executive director, the biggest responsibility I have, to be honest with you, is just to raise funds for us to be able to operate. And so uh, I told this gentleman, and it wasn't that I was trying to fish or anything, I just said, you know, I have something that's scheduled on that date, um, and I need to be somewhere. And then he said, well, I'm not supposed to tell you this. The vice president is calling you, but you really do need to save that night. And so, uh, long story short, Appalachia Reach Out was recognized by the largest nonprofit in the state of Kentucky because of our work because in our work, we do all that we can to address the issues of rural poverty alleviation. It, it is hard work. It is difficult work. Uh, there's a lot of similarities between rural and urban poverty. Uh, the greatest difference is accessibility. It's a public transportation. It's uh, a, having a boys and girls club maybe a block away or a mission center or a church where we live in Appalachia to really serve the people that we serve, especially the children. We have to go into the hills and the hollers and pull those children out and share, share with them the love and the hope of Jesus. And so we were, we were honored by this award. They came with their video production team to, to do this video. And so as I share with you some of this information, this is part of your report. And here is the video that they put together to introduce, to us, at, introduce us at that banquet. And I wanted to share it with you uh, this morning. Turkey Creek Church of the Nazarene has always been a part of my life. I was able to witness and see the labor of my grandparents' love for the church and for the Lord and the investment in community, and then also bore witness to the fact that my parents were the same way. Our call was for our people. Bill and Jana Zydema, who's on staff with Appalachia Reach Out, started attending our church, and they witnessed what we were doing with teams, and they said, you know what? Appalachia Reach Out is here in Inez, and we have places to host teams. Two years into that partnership, uh, I got a call from the board of directors, and the question was, what would you do if we gifted you the property, the buildings, and cash assets for ministry? Would you be interested in that facility? Already being here for seven years, connecting in community with schools and, and the folks of the community and different civic organizations, uh, we knew that God had given us a direction on the way that we would take Appalachia Reach Out. Its mission is simply to be Christ's love in action. But we do that in a few areas. One is education. We believe if we're going to be a part of breaking the chain of generational poverty, it begins with a child. And so we do a lot of work with our schools. He knows our needs and he puts those needs out there. Those needs are met by Dwayne. That speaks volumes of how I approach my families now because I know I can help you. I know a guy. I know a place. I don't come with empty promises. The other area that's really important is what we call work and witness teams. It's our short-term mission teams that come in and serve. And since January 1 of 2021, this week makes our 85th team that has been here. This house that had a, a heavy weight of darkness about it. Now there's life again, there's joy, and it returned my hope to me. Martin County to me is home. It is a safe place. It is a good place. Some folks, all they have is very little. They're, they'll tell you they're very blessed with what, what they have. 
So thank you. That, that is part of your report, and, and God has just been doing some amazing things. This is a quick shot of receiving the award that evening and being a champion of Appalachia, but I want to share with you an update, and you're a part of this update. Uh, since January 1 of 21, so the last three years through the end of December of this past year of 2023, in Martin County alone, we've had 92 working witness teams come and serve alongside of us. That's over 1,200 people. You'll see those numbers there. Uh, it's uh, over 32,000 labor hours given into our community, that small little community in eastern Kentucky, uh, which represents almost, uh, well, a little bit over $1.4 million invested into that community. In a larger county, that doesn't seem like a whole lot, but in our little county that has about ten to 11,000 people, that is a huge investment. And that is labor hours, that's project hours, those are dollars that have been brought in for us to love on our community, to share the love and the hope of Jesus, to be his hands and his feet. We've heard that shared today. And, and three years ago, we started another site in Nicholas County, West Virginia, and we've seen over 300 people there in Nicholas County and partnering with the West Virginia North and South District Church of the Nazarene and 17 teams. We don't own property there like we do in Martin County. But it's a place that we go and teams go and serve. And, and so we take in about five to six teams a year there to, to be the light and the hope of Jesus in that community. And then two, about a year and a half ago, we had the devastating floods of eastern Kentucky, which literally ravaged part of our state. We were part of that federal declaration, but just south of us in Perry County was hit harder than we were. Uh, over 40-some people died in that 12 and a half inches of rain and three hours uh, we watched as rescue uh, crews pulled out bodies and body parts and all of that. God, God used us to go into those places and do disaster relief work. And because of that work, uh, business uh, owners and churches and church leaders and teachers and those that we served with said, what would it look like if, if ARO came in here full time to serve, even though we don't have a Nazarene presence there? Uh, you see, I believe that God calls us to work with all churches, all Bible-believing churches who, who love Jesus, who are serving Jesus. And so God opened the door for us to go in there. And so in August of this past year, we hired another full-time person, stepped out on faith to lead there. And we're going out of disaster relief work into work and witness. And so we'll be doing that this year. Our first team, work and witness team, will arrive in March there and excited about that. But I didn't come here today just to share with you about what God is doing there, but to challenge each of us. I always counted a privilege to be given the opportunity to stand and represent Jesus. Uh, I was blessed a number of years ago to be ordained in the church as an elder, and, and I take that calling very, very seriously. And so any opportunity that we get to come and share what God is doing I want to speak life and hope into each of your lives. I don't know if you remember this last year, but I asked you a question last year that I'll ask again today. And the question was this, are you willing to put your yes on the table and allow God to ask the question? Think about that question for a moment. You know, we are a people, and I am because I'm a type A OCD kind of person. I like to know the question before I say yes or no, don't you? Some of you, some of you shaking your head. But I'm wondering, do we live in such a way that we will put our yes on the table and allow God to ask the question? It speaks to our faith in him. 
There's a very familiar passage of Scripture that's found in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, which is before you today. It says, trust in the Lord with most of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Oh, wait. Okay. All of your heart. But if we were to be honest today, do we live in such a way that, that we trust in the Lord in some things? Do we, do we trust Him with most things? Or do we really trust Him with all of our heart? Every aspect of our being. Lord, I am willing to give you everything. Lord, I trust you with all of my heart. It goes on to say, and lean not on your own understanding, and that's where it gets me. Because I like to figure things out. I like for the Lord to ask me a question, and then I'll give him a response. But that response of yes must come before I know anything really of what God is going to call me to do. I trust and I live by faith. Do we really live in that direction in our life? I, I want to take it more personal. A lot of times we, we think of other people when we hear messages and we think that person really needs to hear that message. That was a good message for that person. But I want to lay those things aside and I want you to ask yourself the question, have I placed my yes on the table? And no matter what question that God asks of me, I will move in that direction. Those who are closest to us could probably give us the answer to that. But I'm wondering today about you. Are you willing to put your yes on the table and allow God to ask the question, leaning not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make your paths straight. Or some translation says, He will direct your paths. It doesn't say in that passage of Scripture that it will be easy, but He will direct them. He will make them straight. I hadn't planned to, to give this, this passage of Scripture, but it goes right along with this text. It's found in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 4, and it says this, and we sang a little bit about this this morning. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill will be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. And today, I'm wondering in your life, what is the thing that you have a hard time saying yes to Jesus? We all have those things in our life. Uh, maybe it's a broken relationship that has been severed for years. And God's asking you to, to mend that broken relationship. But, but preacher, you have no idea the situation. You're right, I don't. But he does. And I'm wondering if there's a broken relationship that needs to be mended and God wants to use you to be the person to step into that. Are you willing to put your yes on the table and allow him to ask the question? Maybe it's that strained relationship at work or at school or in your neighborhood. I don't know what it is. And maybe God's not calling you to uproot your family like he called us to do 12 years ago this, this coming June and to relocate to a whole different part of the country to serve Him. Maybe it's not that, but, but maybe He's calling you for a week to go to Mission Rescue Hill in Arlington, Texas to serve with the mission that 
is working with ladies who have been trafficked. Are you willing to say yes to him? And I I would dare say that there are those right now, as I'm speaking to you, the Holy Spirit is reminding you of what that situation may be in your life. And maybe for a long time, you have been pushing away what he is calling and asking you to do. And maybe this is that moment where you come face to face with Jesus. And he says, you know what the answer is. Are you willing to step out in faith? Are you willing to trust me with everything? With every aspect of your life? Are you willing to trust me? Do you trust him today? Do you really trust him today? Giving him everything of your life. You see in the church of the Nazarene, we believe In this second work of grace, we call entire sanctification. And sometimes we've gotten it so confused. But it's this deeper walk. To simply say it, it means that we trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey Him. With every aspect of our life. Pastor Ben said it today. I say it in a lot of my messages. We are not moving to the cross. We are moving from the cross. The victory has already been won at the cross. And why do we so often live a defeated life when he won victory at the cross? And so many times in our own lives and in my lives, I can honestly tell you in my own life, even after I said yes to Jesus And we moved to eastern Kentucky. There have been times where I have resisted in certain areas of my life because I said, Lord, there's there's someone else that can do that. Someone else can, can do that. Can't you call someone else? It's the song that Matthew West wrote a couple years ago that said, I did, I created you. That song talks about seeing people in poverty and the brokenness and the sin of the world. And Lord, why don't you do something? And the song goes on to say, I did. I created you. Do we believe that the same power that raised Christ from the dead is the same power that lives and reigns in our hearts and our lives today? Scripture tells us that. That's hard for us to fathom, I know. And there's difficult times and moments in my life where it's hard for me to wrap my mind around that, but to live out the fact that I know that the same power that that raised Christ from the dead is the same power that's living and reigning in my heart and in my life today. And so, Lord, this is all about you. It has nothing to do with me except that I must be available to you to say yes. And so there's a few questions, the one I've already asked, but... I'm wondering today, what happens when you dare to ask God for the impossible? He is the God of the impossible. The situation that you think there is no hope. He is the hope dealer. I didn't say dope dealer. I said the hope dealer, and I was very intentional with that because where we live is the epicenter of the opioid crisis. It's ravaged our people, our community. In 2010, I lost my uncle and his son, my first cousin, in the same years of a drug overdose. It's pervasive. It's everywhere you look. 
If there's ever a place where there seems like there's no hope, it's the place in which we live. But my God, the God that I serve, the God that we sang about this morning, He is the hope dealer today. He works in those places. He's called in those places. I'm wondering, what's the impossible look like? What is a prayer when we pray God must show up for it to be answered? Do we pray those kinds of prayers? That unless God shows up, it's not answered. Wouldn't you like to know how it feels to see God accomplish the impossible right in front of your eyes? And some of you could stand and testify to that. You, you could stand and testify to the goodness of God. You've seen it. And maybe you're the living testimony of what God can do because you know where you were. I know where I was before God came in and redeemed and restored and he transformed my life. And the good thing about him is he just doesn't do it one time. He continually redeems and restores, and he's re transforming my life every day that I live for him. This really isn't a question. But in the work that we do, I'm determined to take ground and win big for the kingdom of God. And I'll be honest with you, I'm unapologetic about my mission to change my world for the glory of Jesus. Life is too short to not live and believe and trust in Him. And I believe that God still demonstrates His power and supplies His provision in direct proportion to the faith of His children. And so what does your faith look like today? I want to share with you a story some of you who have been on the work and witness teams that have come to Martin County, you can testify to the fact that you have seen John and Jennifer Waller. Before we moved in 2012, I read a book. The title of the book is Sun Stand Still. The, the premise of the book is Joshua chapter 10. And if you know anything about Joshua chapter 10, God has called Joshua to defeat the Amorite armies. And in the process of Joshua doing what God has called him to do, the sun is setting and Joshua prays to the Lord, Lord, and this is my version of it. It's, a, it's not the exact translation, but this is my version of it. He prays to the Lord and says, God, you have called me to do and accomplish something that's impossible and so for me to do what's impossible, Lord, I'm asking you, would you stop the sun in its place so I can finish what you have called me to do? And so we read in Joshua chapter 10 that God stops the sun in its place and Joshua accomplishes what God calls him to do. And that book goes on to talk about this, this uh, audacious faith. Do we believe that the God of Joshua 10 and the God of the New Testament is the same God that we serve today? And so I had our leadership team at Turkey Creek Church of the Nazarene in that first year. We read this book and at our, at our leadership retreat at Jenny Wiley State Park in August of 2013, the first weekend of August 2013. When we gathered together, I asked them the question that I ask you today. 
What is a prayer that if we pray, if God doesn't show up, it's not answered? And so we talked for a long time. We prayed about it. And so our response was this. Let's pray. And we, we decided this together. This wasn't my, my idea. Our prayer was this. Let's pray a prayer that when we pray that God would obliterate the drug culture of Martin County. That's a crazy big prayer. And so we decided, let's meet at 5 o'clock on Sunday nights and let's begin to pray. We had no idea what we were doing except praying. We didn't know what it would look like, but we, we believe that God called us to pray because we believe what Scripture says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, I will hear from heaven, I will forgive them of their sin, and I will heal their land. And so we began to pray, and one of the first names that came to us, a man by the name of John Waller. John was the son of a free will Baptist preacher. He grew up in the free will Baptist church. You see, addiction is no respecter of person. It can attack any family at any time, at any moment. And for 40 years, John suffered from addiction. Uh, he had a marriage, and some of the time in his addiction, he was functioning they had four beautiful grown children, and John's sister, Sonia, was a part of our church, and so she brought his name to our attention, and I knew John, I knew his, his mom and his dad, and we began to pray for John in August of 2013, in January of 2014. Some circumstances happened, and John decided to go to Bell Grove Men's Residential Treatment Facility in Philomene County, Kentucky. And while he was there, God got a hold of his life. He gave his life to Jesus. And he had done that from a time, a time or two in the 40 years of addiction. But it hadn't stuck, so to speak. It wasn't long after he came back from that treatment. And he was continuing an outpatient treatment that, that I was still pastoring at the church at Turkey Creek. And he called and he said, I know you're a part of the ministerial association. I'm going to a few churches in the county uh, Jennifer and I feel called to start and begin celebrate recovery. Would you be interested? I said, absolutely, John. Why don't you come and talk to our people about celebrate recovery? And they started meeting on Tuesday nights at Inez Free Will Baptist Church in their fellowship hall area or their gym area. And, and so this past October was six years ago that celebrate recovery started. In the last six years, over 500 people have come to know Jesus. You see, God works in the impossible. There's things that he can do that we could never think or imagine. I wish I could go on and tell you story after story after story of God working, but I want to encourage you today, if you're in the middle of what you think is a hopeless situation, know this, God desires to move. God will move. Do not give up on the brink of a miracle. Keep praying. Keep seeking Him with all of your heart. And don't lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. Again, it will not be easy sometimes. Most of the times, it will not be easy. 
But God is faithful. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says this, We walk by faith, not by sight. It's that idea again of what I ask you. Are we willing to put our yes on the table and allow God to to ask the question? There's a lot of other things that I could share with you this morning, but I want to be sensitive to our time. As we continue to partner together, there are some things that, that you can continue to do for us, foundational to all that we do, is we need your prayers. On Friday, I visited one of our saints who's been a part of our church. She was a, she's been a, she's known me ever since I was born. Her name is Rosanna Mills, and yes, she's related to me, distant. Rosanna was saved under my grandfather's ministry, and for the last five years, she's been in an assisted living home in Ashland, Kentucky. They had to move her from Martin County, where we live, because they don't have those kinds of facilities to Ashland, Kentucky. And on Friday, I had the opportunity to go in and spend about an hour with her. And you talk about a lady that knows the Scripture. She blows me out of the water. She loves Jesus. She looked at me in the eyes with tears streaming down her face. She said this, Preacher, I'm praying for you. I said, Sister Rosanna, I need those prayers. I couldn't do it without those prayers. I wouldn't do it without those prayers. Keep praying. As our visit ended, I, I walked over to her wheelchair where she was seated and I, I placed my hand in her play hands and she grasped them with both of her hands. I prayed for her and usually when I pray for people like that, we, we hug and tell each other that we love each other, then I leave and she held on to my tight and she began to pray for me. Lord, be with, with Brother Dwayne as he's in his ministry. Protect him and his family and those that he serves. I could not do it without these prayers. I believe in the power of prayer. Again, it is foundational to everything that we do. And so out there on the table is, is a prayer guide that you can grab. And it's not an exhaustive list, but it's something that you can be thinking about and praying for us, put it somewhere where you'll see it. And please, please, please pray for us. We cannot do it without your prayers. On the backside, and I got permission from your pastor, so if you don't like this part of it, you can take it up with him. He gave me the okay. Is, is a way individually, maybe you pray about it as a family. Maybe you, you pray, you're saying, I want to do more than prayer. There's, there's a way that you individually can give toward our ministry. The, the church here supports us from time to time. But on the backside is ways that you can give. I don't care if it's $5 or $500. It doesn't matter. Every cent that you give goes to help us reach the most secluded people in our country. To be the hands and the feet of Jesus. We cannot do it without you. And so I thank you for the opportunity to come and to share. I want to leave you with the words of a song that I've heard recently that talks about this idea of trust and what God is calling you to. It says this, standing at the crossroads of faith and deepest fear. 
so afraid if you move on from here. The road ahead is steep, but you're not giving up. Because God's about to take you to a brand new place of trust. So take a step of faith. It's, it's time to move. Lay aside your fears and watch what God can do. There's victory. There's victory. I promise there's victory. When you've literally watched people who were the walking dead, who were skinning bones, come back to life, it's hard for me to stand in a place and sing the songs that we sang today with not running and jumping and shouting and thanking God for all that he's done. I mean, we do it at ball games. Let's just be honest, folks. If we were in some of your homes while you're watching the Buckeyes and I saw a Wolverines guy come in today, I can guarantee you this, you probably don't sit there and clap your hands and just look like you've been looking at me today, which that's okay, there's nothing wrong with that. But we need to get excited about what Jesus can do. And when you've seen people like Johnny Dell and Jamie Jude and John Waller, who are literally the walking dead come back to life, it's all that you can do but stand still. There's victory ahead. That mountain's not too high. Friend, hold on. Because you're about to climb. I believe that with all of my heart. Whatever God is calling you to do today, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. I'm going to pray a prayer and then Pastor Ben's going to come back. But I want to pray for you today. I don't do this very often in services, but I've been here enough times to know that, that you're a wonderful people who love us. You've been praying for us. You've been supporting us. But maybe God has spoken to you and you're saying that there's something that I need to do. God is calling me to do something. And, and through God using you today, God spoke to me. And this is a step of faith for me. I I want you just, with all heads bowed and all eyes closed, I just want you to slowly slip up your hand. We're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to do anything like that. I just want to pray for you today. If that is you today, would you just slip your hand up? I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Hands. see them all. Thank you. You can put those down. Thank you. I see those hands. See that hand. From the smallest to the oldest, see that hand. Thank you. Let's pray. God, we thank you today for who you are and what you mean to us. You are the God of the impossible. Oh God, I pray right now to those who raise their hands that you would give them a boldness. Scripture says, boldly I approach the throne of grace with confidence knowing that you can do anything. Lord, help us in the impossible. Help us with those things that you're calling us to do, that we would put our yes on the table and allow you to ask the question, to pray a prayer that if you don't show up, it's not answered. Lord, help us to live in that, to know that the same power that raised you from the dead is the same power that, that lives and reigns in our hearts and in our lives today. 
Lord, we believe that we're going to hear testimony from Napnaz of God doing amazing things. You're already doing great things to, to hear about the work that is happening here in their local community. But so thankful that we have churches like Napnaz that are not just focused locally, which that is extremely important. It begins there first, but moves domestically to places like Appalachia Reach Out and the Rescue Mission in Arlington, Texas to around the world. We're, we're thankful that we are a global church. Just this year, we opened up our 165th world area in Belgium. We're thankful. We're thankful to be a part of a church that believes in mission. So I pray that you would be with each of us individually, but also collectively as the body of Jesus Christ. We love you, we thank you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Dwayne. His word for us last year was so timely for me, personally. Be willing to lay your yes down. And uh, I've often thought about that. Through this last year, um, through the pastoral transition, I had a board, uh, lunch with a board member the other day. And... Uh, he reminded me, he said, I'll never forget what you said in your interview. <laughs> he said, I don't even know if I want this job. <laughs> but I came with the posture of just laying my yes down, knowing the weight, knowing the un, not even knowing what it would hold. And this isn't just, this isn't just a question for pastors. This is a question we all must face and ask ourselves is if, are we, are we laying our yes down before we know? Well, God's asking what the question is. So I appreciate you, Dwayne, and your ministry and all that the Lord's doing through you. I have a, go, out, go to the next one, guys. just want to reiterate three ways we can continue to, to support. ARO, pray. Pick up a prayer card on your way out give there's giving options on that prayer card as if, if you if you give online already or you want to leave uh, a check in the box and note it for arrow and that's easier for you we'll make sure that gets where it needs to go uh, if you if you give online and it's just easier to, there's a drop down uh, option called appalachia appalachia reach out i learned how about that we're all learning things and then permission to have your phone out because that qr code Pray, give, go. That takes you to an interest form on our website, June 8th through the 14th. We'll be taking a team down. And if you scan that, it's not committing to it. It's an interest form where you'd like to learn more information about that. But if you go to our website, it's on there as well. It's the first thing you can click on is the, is the arrow um, interest option. Go and see Go and be the hands and feet and what the Lord's doing on the ground. Talk to someone else who's been a part of it, right? Um, if you're wrestling with a yes to the Lord and you believe he's asking you to do a hard thing as your pastor, I want to hear about it. I want to pray with you in that, whatever that looks like. So would you stand with us as we adjourn for the day?
And Father, I pray a prayer of blessing over this body. Lord, that in your sending out these doors, Lord, that you would put conversations in their paths this week, that you would put people in their, in your, their paths this week, Father, who need to hear the life-changing message of the gospel, the life-transforming message of the gospel. Lord, and so as we go today, I pray that we would be on mission. I pray that we would be bold enough to say yes to whatever that next step looks like and following after you and pursuing you and doing kingdom work. So we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Go and be blessed today. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to this week's message from the Napoleon Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to join us each Sunday morning at 9 or 10.30 a.m. for weekly worship and community with other believers. For more information about upcoming events or ways you can connect, find us on Facebook or visit us at napnaz.org. Have a great week.